Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. On this week's episode, Pastor Chris shares about God's desire to breathe life into ordinary things. Let's pray real quick and then we'll fly into the word of God. Lord, we just thank you for your love for us and that the gospel really is simple. You formed us in the beginning. We fell. You sent your son Jesus to restore us into relationship with you. And you did it, God. And we just thank you for that, that you have the victory and you accomplished what you came for, Jesus. Now you've given us your Holy Spirit, God, who's with us, living with us, comforting us, um, speaking to us, leading us, Lord. And I just pray that you do that this morning, that your Holy Spirit would be so present um, in each of our lives, God. I thank you. You know each person who's here. You know what they brought with them today. Um, You know the heavy burdens that maybe some of us are carrying. And you know the joys, God, that others are walking into this place with. And I thank you that you love us all the same. And your wish for us is the same, that we would enter your rest. And Jesus, we respond to your words this morning when you said, come to me all who are weary, I will give you rest. Lord, we take your yoke upon us. We take your burden upon us, God, because it's easy and it's light. We just lift off any heavy burdens that we're walking in with today. We lay them at your feet, Jesus. We lift off um, any cares that we've been carrying, Lord. We cast them upon you. We give them to you today, Jesus. And I thank you that we can do that. Um, That your work that was finished at the cross is alive today for us. Um, And we love you. We just praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to dig into the word of God. um, And we're going to start in the very beginning. And if you're not familiar, our church just began just yesterday. And I'm going to encourage you to jump on board with this a journey through the Bible in a year. So we've got an incredible Bible plan. Do you have that? Um, is that up on the screen, bro? Can you throw that up there, the Bible Project? There's an awesome app that's gonna help you follow along too if you're kind of tech savvy. You can search your app store for the app called Read Scripture. It looks just like that, that little icon there, that little Bible icon with the cross. This is an amazing app. We just started yesterday, and I just wanna encourage you. Maybe you've been following God for a long time, And it's kind of always been in the back of your mind, like, I should read the word more. I just don't really get along to it. You guys, we've got over 100 people in the church already who have said, I want to be a part of this. So I would just encourage you, jump in to that category, and let's begin to read God's word together Um, and get to know the Lord even deeper this, this year. I will just say, it is not about being religious or trying to just check something off and being a good Christian. We want to know God. And that's God's desire, and through his word, we can do that. There's this really interesting word, um, and I love this word. Some people in this room, you also love this word and have an affinity for this word. Others of you, you maybe have some type of resistance to it, and I don't know why. Sometimes there's like a, it feels like a cultural thing that makes uh, a resistance to this word that I'm about to tell you. Um, But this word is so important. The definition of this word simply is, the study of the nature of God. Another definition of the word I'm about to give you is how we perceive and understand God to be. There is an importance, and I haven't told you the word yet. If you're taking notes, don't worry. I'll let you know when I I give you the word. There's such an importance that we see God for who he truly is. If I want to represent God correctly to the world, then I have to be seeing a clear version and image of God, right? Without filters. Jennifer Toledo last week mentioned that. 
um, a undiluted gospel, right? And each of us probably bring lenses and bring some filters in um, into the way that we approach and perceive God. But I wanna encourage us today, right off the bat, part of this Bible reading thing, you guys, is that we would see God so clearly more than ever before. He really gives us an amazing picture of who he is as we read through the word of God. The word that I love so much is this, theology. Anyone a, uh, you know that verse, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Who's in the mind category naturally? We love, God loves your mind. Who is? Raise your hand, I wanna see. You're more of that kind of intellect, it's kind of the natural way you approach God. It's with your mind, you wanna understand that you are a gift to the body of Christ. Let me just say it first and foremost, because I think sometimes in maybe a um, more charismatic environment, for whatever reason, that gift hasn't really been honored. So I just say right off the bat, you are a gift to the body of Christ, and I pray that you remain the way that God made you, and don't try to turn into yourself into somebody else. But this idea of theology, maybe those of you who, you say that's my natural way of kind of approaching God, that word theology, you probably love it. Um, there's others in here who maybe, you just kind of say like, well, I just like Jesus, I don't really want theology. I understand where that comes from, but the thing is, theology is the way you understand and perceive Jesus. So you can't really have Jesus if you say you're a follower of Jesus, you have a theology, okay? And all I'm saying is I would want my theology, and I hope yours, to be grounded in God's word and in what God says he is. Does that make sense? Yeah, cool. So just an example, if as a believer I think Jesus is kind, if that is how I perceive Jesus to be, I will naturally want to be more like Jesus. I will become more kind. I'll become more kind to myself. I'll become more kind to other people. Um, if I naturally perceive Jesus as being very judgmental, calling out and pointing out my flaws all the time, um, being condemning, then me, as a believer, I want to be like Jesus. So if I think that's what Jesus is like, I'm going to naturally probably be condemning towards myself, condemning towards other people, very judgmental towards people who sin differently than I do, etc. This is why it's so important that we clearly see who God is, because who we think God is doesn't just affect how we approach him. It affects how we approach every aspect of our lives. It affects our relationships. It affects how we work. It affects what we place value on. Does this make sense? So in, with that in mind, all I'm saying is read the word of God this year. Let's go after it. Let's understand more deeply who Jesus is so that we can follow him more truly. I love Jesus. He is kind. I just, I don't think he's very judgmental towards us, you guys. He is the judge, and he will judge all things one day, but he's very kind and gracious. He really is. Oh, man, we could just go off on misconceptions about God right now. I think, you guys, I think we think God is just so serious all the time. Judging by the way, I think we just naturally operate and approach him. I just think we think he's really serious all the time. I just don't think he is. God is, what is that one scripture? God is serious. That's right. Is that, where is that reference? <laughs> what is the word? Is that the right word? God is what? God is, what is it? What's that word? Not loser, love. <laughs> God is love. I think first and foremost, it's like, that's who he is. I wanna know him so that I can 
really approach life um, the way that he would. Luke 2, 49 and 50. I'm just going to reference this briefly. Luke 2, 49 and 50. This is so interesting. Um, In fact, I'm going to start in Luke 2, verse 41. Get this. Even Jesus' parents had issues with this, with seeing Jesus for who he truly was. Luke 2, 41. When Jesus was 12 years old, he accompanied his parents to Jerusalem for the annual Passover festival, which they attended each year. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him the first day, for they assumed he was with friends among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. And when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him. He was in the temple, sitting among the teachers of the law, discussing deep questions with them and amazing everyone with his understanding and answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. Pause. Parents, when you've lost your child, don't you just wish they were in the house of God? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, they're probably just at church. Oh, that is not the point. Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, Jesus asked. Didn't you realize that I would be here at the temple in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Jesus' parents, these were the parents of Jesus who didn't even truly see Jesus for who he was. All I'm saying is, I still probably got lenses and filters that I want to clear up. And I think reading through this with everybody and uh, pursuing that together is really going to help. So God is good. God is good. God is good. Let's take it all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. I want to share with you this main portion of the message um, and just draw something out of my reading from yesterday when we started the plan. If you haven't started the plan yet, don't sweat it. You can jump on board. Um, If you need, who's not so tech savvy you're not going to use the app? Anybody in here? You don't need it. Okay, don't lift your hands. We're going to try to have maybe a printout, a printed plan that you can have as well um, to help you join on with that. But I want to read from the very beginning of the book, Genesis 1 and 2. Yesterday in the plan was Genesis chapters 1 through 3 and then Psalm chapter 1. Uh, But we're going to just dig into the beginning of Genesis together and talk about God. Let's pray real quick before we open this book. Lord, thank you so much again for your word. Would you illuminate your scripture to us as we read it? In Jesus' name, amen. Start with me in Genesis chapter two. You guys know the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter one, we read this beautiful account of all of God's creation. It's like he creates day and night. He creates the moon and the sun. He creates all of the animals and populates it. He creates um, the land and the sea. He makes all these incredible things. He creates the valleys and the mountains. So God has made just this amazing creation that we read about through Genesis chapter one. And then most of us know maybe the, the final piece that he creates. And Genesis chapter two gives us just a little recap of this. So read Genesis chapter two, starting in verse one. Now at last, the heavens and earth were successfully completed with all that they contained, So on the seventh day, having finished his task, God ceased from this work he had been doing, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because because it was the day when he ceased this work of creation. Here is a summary of the events in the creation of the heavens and earth when the Lord God made them. 
There were no plants or grain sprouting up across the earth at first, for the Lord God hadn't sent any rain, nor was there anyone to farm the soil. However, water welled up from the ground at certain places and flowed across the land. Verse seven is the one I wanna really dial into here. The time came when the Lord God formed a man's body from the dirt of the ground and breathed into it the breath of life, and man became a living person. Let me read verse seven once more. The time came when the Lord God formed a man's body from the dirt of the ground and breathed into it the breath of life, and man became a living person. I'd never seen quite this scripture in this way before, but this is the nature of God. He had just made all these extravagant things. Think about your favorite thing in all of creation. Um, I had the privilege of, I think it was in high school, going to Montreux, Switzerland. The mountains, you guys. Has anyone just been to the mountains ever? The sheer beauty of the mountains and the hills and the whole thing is just stunning. Has anybody not seen the mountains in your life? Any mountains? Has anyone never seen mountains? Yeah, I'm telling you they are real. I know if you're from here, it's kind of, it can be a little bit tough to believe. Some of you are still believing by faith that mountains are real because the Bible talks about them. They are real. They're beautiful. Um, anybody love the ocean? Been to the ocean? Come on. You're a beach person laying out by the sea with lots of sunscreen. I mean, God created incredible, incredible things in creation. But I love this verse 7. This is totally God's nature. What's the element he chooses to make mankind? Dirt. It's like, he could have like taken, for me, it would have been like a cool rock, because I grew up loving rocks. Any rock collectors? I still have some rocks in a little box at home. <laughs> um, yeah, to get rid of. And, <laughs> but like, I would have been like, Lord, why not make man out of like a cool like jagged edge or like the Lion King, like, you know, thing that the ba- baby lion's on? Like, why can't you take man from something cool make him something cool. But God says, from the very beginning, I'm going to take what everyone else just is going to walk over, disregard, think is kind of useless. I'm going to make my prized possession out of that one thing. God loves dirt. This is the nature of God. He chose dirt as his ingredient to fashion the object of his greatest desire, which is mankind. It's you and me. So God loves to take the ordinary things and breathe life into them um, because it's more dramatic. I think it's more dramatic than taking something that's already great and breathing life. As I've been processing this and thinking about my day-to-day life outside of these couple of hours that we spend together, I begin to realize more and more and believe more and more that our time together here is very spiritual. But I begin to believe more and more that My Monday is no less spiritual than my Sunday. And my other maybe mundane tasks, my daily have-to-get-dones, my far-too-often shopping trip because I forgot something, it's just as spiritual as being here together as the body. And, ooh, who's that? Everyone think okay? And... Who's trying to throw me off? (laughs) I believe the question that God was asking me and just wants to ask us this morning is, what is your dirt? 
I'm not talking about maybe the great dream or exploit that you have in your heart or haven't been able to come up with. I'm talking about what's the day-to-day, mundane, average, that maybe you do what you would say far too often, that God says, if only they could see, this is the dirt that I wanna breathe life into. Make something special. You know, we don't know what our lives are going to amount to. We were just reading in Ecclesiastes yesterday. It's a really cool passage where essentially the word says, none of us know what our lives will end up like. God's already determined that. We don't know, you don't know, I don't know if I'm going to continue in this path of pastoring for five, 10, 15 years, a lifetime. You don't know if you'll be at your job, the same one in five years. You don't know if you'll be a you know, leader of a nation speaking destiny. You don't know who or what you will be. This is an exciting part of the journey of life. But I wanna look really honestly at our lives and say, the mundane is just as important as the flashy. And the day-to-day is just as important as maybe that big dream that's in your heart that might come to pass. Uh, Would you look with me at the book of Esther? Um, In fact, you don't have to flip. I might just reference this book. The story of Esther is phenomenal. And we know Esther is the main character. But I want to look really quickly at someone who played such an important role in this story, but really lived most of his life in secret. And this person is Mordecai. Mordecai was an older cousin of Esther. If you're familiar with the story or maybe not too familiar, Esther is this Jewish girl who in that day and in that nation was not really set up to have a very successful or prominent life. But through these circumstances, God raises up Esther from just this small Jewish girl to being an extremely powerful person um, in that nation who also has huge things to do with saving the Jewish people. So Esther's journey is amazing, but there's this side man named Mordecai with such a powerful story. Here's what we know about Mordecai, and I think you will relate to Mordecai um, in a lot of ways as I share these thoughts. Mordecai was a common person. Mordecai was the older cousin of Esther. Uh, We don't know too much about what Mordecai did for a living um, or exactly how old he was, but we do know he was just a very common man. The Jews had been brought into exile. So again, Mordecai was not really set up seemingly to have a very successful or impactful life. So Mordecai was a common person. The second thing Mordecai was, he was also a person of compassion. Mordecai was extremely compassionate. Both of Esther's parents at a young age, Esther's parents had both passed away. So Mordecai, out of this place of compassion, decides, this is my younger cousin. I'm going to take her into my home, raise her in my home. So Mordecai was a common man. He was a person of compassion. And then thirdly, Mordecai was listening for the word of God and was unafraid to speak it when he heard it. You, a lot of you know this really famous verse from Esther chapter four, it's verse 14. It's essentially this quote, perhaps God is raising you up for such a time as this. Many of you have heard that, right? Perhaps God is raising you up for such a time as this. These were the words of Mordecai 
to his little cousin Esther in maybe a very fragile moment of the story. So Mordecai was listening for the voice of God and unafraid to speak it forth when he heard it. And finally, Mordecai, this is so important for us, you guys. Mordecai was far less concerned with the width of his impact as he was with simply loving and obeying God in the day-to-day mundane. Mordecai was so less concerned with the width of his impact as he was with simply loving and obeying God in the day-to-day. And the day-to-day is what I'm referring to as dirt. It's like, what's that stuff that seems so meaningless or useless that God's saying, this is the place I want to breathe life into your life? I do believe there's others in here as well. You are Mordecai, and your Esther is waiting for you. Think about your workplace. Think about your family. I believe there's people in here who God has given insight and positioned you in maybe what seems like a really boring place to say there's an Esther around here who's going to impact a nation. There's someone I'm trying to raise up, but they need to know what I think. And he wants to use you to actually speak life into situations. We don't know if at the end of our lives we will look more like a Mordecai or like an Esther, but what we do know about Mordecai is he kept obeying and loving God, the main thing. The Lord flowed through him and favored him among people. That sounds like a pretty cool thing, just to be yielded to God and say, obeying and loving you is most important. Why don't you just stand up? I just want us to respond just for a moment. My question really is simple. It's like, what is your dirt? What's the boring, the mundane, the average that maybe you've looked over in the past because you felt like, well, it's not really spiritual? God is spiritual. God made everything. God didn't just make Sunday service. It's like he gave us work. He gave us family. He gave us friendships. He gave us relationships. He put people in your life that annoy you. He put people in your life that love you. He put you in somebody else's life and you annoy them. Like, there's all these things that God doesn't view as less than anything else. And I just believe God wants to breathe life maybe into some areas and things that we've just sort of thought thought were average. So just close your eyes real quick. I just want to know who I'm praying for. If it resonated with you this morning and that kind of... uh, stirred your spirit a little bit, just lift a hand briefly. Just, I'd like to pray over you. It's awesome. Cool. I'm going to pray that God would breathe through you into those things and just help you to see uh, with a fresh perspective what he wants to do, even in those average places of your life. And then secondly, I just want to pray over anybody um, who God's going to use as a Mordecai to speak life into maybe the Esther around you that God would reveal to you. So if you're hungry for God to use you and you just want to say, Lord, I yield myself to you. I want you to speak through me into someone else's life that you've given a destiny and a calling to as well. I want to pray over you as well. So Father, I just thank you for um, the boring areas of our lives, Lord. The things that don't feel spiritual, 
the things that feel average. I thank you, God, you showed us from the beginning of time that dirt is important. You chose what looked so boring, basic, average, walked over to create the object of your greatest desire. And Jesus, I pray that you'd open our eyes to see the mundane things in our life as opportunities for you to breathe in. And God, I just pray for anyone in this place, Lord, who's hungry to be a vessel for you, Father. And I pray that our hearts this week would be open to hear your voice. We'd be pressing in to hear you, that we could catch a word for someone else, Lord. And I pray that that situation in many of our lives, God, would be very apparent this week of who we can speak into, Lord, who you want to encourage, who you want to bless, who you want to um, speak into and pour life into this week, Jesus. So I praise you, God. I thank you, Father. This is a family of people, Lord, that you love. It's your church, God, and we're just this little part. I just pray that we would just keep being faithful with our little part, Lord. We'd keep growing, we'd keep following, we'd keep walking. I pray that we'd never become content with just having church or just having good worship, but God, I pray you just continue to stir our hearts to compassion, stir our hearts to a place where we're so fully about you in every area of our life, God. We just love you, Lord. Give you praise this morning. We thank you for who you are, Jesus. Amen. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.